morning. Good to see everyone here this day. Welcome to worship. If you would grab your bulletins, a few announcements as we get started. First of all, I wanted to share a big thank you for Wednesday night. Whether you were here or not, those who came, we had a wonderful time at our trunk retreat. We had some fantastic trunks. Next year, we're going to do a contest. I will not win. This is... But very impressive. I'm going to try to post uh, some of our pictures of the trunks on our Facebook page so you can see some of them. But you did a wonderful job decorating the trunks, handing out candy. Such a blessing to the neighborhood. We had probably hundreds of kids come by and uh, got to share and visit with them and, and lots of wonderful just uh, times. And I was, I was just kind of saying, you know, one of the things is they will associate Mechanicsville Baptist Church as a warm, welcoming place that they had a, 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 a wonderful experience as a family on that particular night. And they'll remember that. And so we pray that God continues to open doors in that way. So thank you for everybody who participated. Thank you for everybody who brought candy and who prayed. And next year, we'll do it again. Um, on the back of your bulletins are some opportunities for the week. I wanted to make mention of a few things. The shoebox packing party is right after this service. So if you want to go over... Oh, you want to share? Come on up. You can start us off with that. She's got light-up shoes, which I'm still a little jealous that Tim won't let me wear my light-up shoes to church. But All right. Woo, and I get to go first. Thank you. Merry Christmas. It's Operation Christmas Child Time. And I was so excited about the packing party today that I was here an hour early and wondered where everybody was because I don't have a key to get into the church. So I sat and I prayed. And I prayed for all the people who are involved in making this ministry happen. For you who tape labels on the boxes to the ones who bring the soap, just every part of it is so very important. And, and I pray for the boys and girls who are getting these boxes. Packing party right after this service. We have actually already begun, and we will slow down, so there will be some still for you to pack. Um, we will finish up with 200 boxes today, and then you'll be packing your own, bringing them to this tables right up here, and we will have 396 by two weeks from today, which is the final dedication day. Operation Christmas Child, offering hope and joy and Jesus to boys and girls around the world. Thank you. How did you get your shoes to be different colors? She has one green and one red, just like the elf. Did, did they come like that? Can you make them both green? There they go. They can make them both the same color. It's true. Ah, she's good. She's good. Elf Karen, everybody. So impressive. <laughs> anyway, join us at, uh, right after the service, and uh, they are starting now, but there will be plenty for you to do uh, at noon. Tonight, we do have our encounter service at 5 and youth meet at 6. I want to make mention our uh, Nicholsville mission team leaves in the morning. So keep them in prayer this week because they have a great week of ministry and glorify God in all they do. And then tomorrow, Monday the 5th, is the World Day of Prayer. 
There's going to be two opportunities for you to come in and pray and be a part of the services. 10.30 tomorrow morning right here in the sanctuary, and then 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So if you're working and you can't make it during the day, come at 7. If you're free during the day, come at 10.30 or come to both times if you would like. Uh, so tomorrow's a world day of prayer. Definitely keep that in mind. Um, Wednesday, I wanted to make mention we will have the midweek Bible study, even though Tim will be away, but there will not be the evening Bible study with Tim. So that one is, is canceled, but the midweek Bible study will be on at 11. And then at 5, uh, Paul will meet with the NBC church members. And Becky wanted me to say something else about that. Is there any other time I need to announce when he's meeting with somebody? Praise team Tuesday night. And where, where is he meeting with people at? All right. Okay, so if you want to meet with him before 5 o'clock over in the, in the FLC, get to know our uh, Paul Rosecki. So our music minister we are calling. And so then I believe he'll be with us next Sunday and then the votes the following Sunday. Okay. And then uh, let's see other announcements. Okay, he, he's meeting with the choir and the ladies ensemble at 7 as well, Wednesday night. And then Saturday is goalball. That is our event for our visually impaired athletes. And this is their regional meet. So this is the, this is the time we want you guys to come out and really support them. There's going to be several teams. And at 9, 9 a.m. we're going to start, and we're going to have hopefully a good turnout, popcorn concessions and all that stuff. So they are very excited to be here. And uh, they've, been they've been divided into different regions, and they have teams, and they're going to come and compete against each other. So I think it will be a lot of fun. All right, Robbie, come on up. Good morning. Um, I'm coming up front this morning from the stewardship team, and we uh, are asking the church to pray for the stewardship team and also for our church as we prepare to uh, present to you the budget for 2019. So two dates, November the 14th, that Wednesday night at 6.30 here in the sanctuary, we will present the budget and we will have discussion time on the budget that Wednesday evening. And then on the 28th, Two weeks from then, we will vote on the budget for 2019. So be aware of that. So November the 14th, we have the budget discussion time, and then we vote on the budget November the 28th, and both times will start at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. Thank you. I think that's all I have. Leslie, get ready to join us in worship. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Hope that you will have your hymn books ready to uh, page three, that after you meet and greet with one another, we're going to sing Worthy of Worship. So please stand and welcome our visitors. We're so glad to see you today.
we're going to sing the first verse together, hymn number three. Worthy of worship, worthy of praise, worthy of honor and glory, worthy of all the glad songs we can sing, worthy of all of the offerings we bring, you are worthy. You may be seated for our invocation. Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. Let us pray. Our Father... In heaven, we thank you for the opportunity we have to love you, to serve you, and to use the time in which we have to glorify your great and holy name. Father God, as we give you this service, we pray that um, as there are many things going on from the mission trip to uh, the packing party across the way, to other opportunities. We pray that we would not grow weary or tired from these things, but they would rejuvenate us, that your spirit would work in us to uh, continue to think of more and more ways we can do good, serve you, and love others. God, I pray that uh, as we have opportunity, we make the most of it, and that we uh, glorify you to the fullest. So God, for this hour, we pray this service. We pray that it is a time in which we can magnify your name, Lord Jesus, a time in which your Holy Spirit dwells, and that we know that you are here. So we pray that you'll be here in the worship, you'll be here in the sermon, and you'll be here in everything we do, and that the name of Jesus would work in our hearts to extend your love to those around us. We give you the service in Jesus' name. Amen. As we prepare for communion this morning and we remember what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us, I ask that you turn to page 399 as we sing together, Let Us Break Bread Together. Please stand. Let us break bread together on
I would venture to say that many of you had time on your mind this morning because the time changed, didn't it? We fell back, gained an hour. What did you do with your extra hour? It's always the question that we can ask. It's always good to get this only to be taken away from us less than six months from now, right? But time is important to us. Time is so important to us that the scripture speaks of time many ways and in many different places. Probably the most familiar is in Ecclesiastes, where we're told there's a time for everything. And among those times is a time to be born and a time to die. When we visit the upper room with Jesus and his disciples and hold in our hands the symbols of his body and blood, we are reminded that it was Jesus' time to die. And so he told his disciples it was his time to die. But that he would rise again. But even when they heard that, they still weren't convinced. Time mattered. They wanted more time. How many of us would want more time with our loved ones? Time is far more important than we like to think. And yet, when Jesus' time had come, it came because of you and me. He died so that we might have eternity with him. And before he left, he left us a reminder. And you hold that in your hands. So on the same night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took bread and when he'd broken it and blessed it, he gave it to his disciples and said, For as often as you eat this, remember me. After they had eaten, he took the cup and said to his disciples, This is the new covenant in my blood. For as often as you drink it, remember me. The Apostle Paul reminds us that for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Since the Lord Jesus Christ put us first when he decided to take on all of our sins, then we too should put him first in our lives. So let's stand and sing together hymn 524, Seek Ye First. Please sing.
may stand in for our offertory prayer. Good morning. I would like to read from 1 Chronicles 16, verse 29. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to clearly see what you have given us and help us to joyfully share it for your glory. Amen. Dwight, you may have mentioned this, but World Day of Prayer tomorrow at 1030 in the sanctuary. Did you mention it? I had to slip out a minute. And then at 7 p.m., another service here for World Day of Prayer. We host this every year. 
and uh, you are certainly invited to be here and a part of that time together tomorrow. Please be in prayer for the events of the coming week um, with Paul Rosecki visiting uh, this week with the various choirs and instrumentalists and so forth and also um, his time with the church on Wednesday and next Sunday. Be in prayer for the uh, Nicholsville uh, mission team that leaves in the morning and will return on uh, Saturday and uh, for the stewardship team and all of the wonderful things that are going on that we can be a part of. Uh, if we can't be physically a part of them, we can certainly be in prayer for those uh, various things. So I hope that you will keep that in mind. Also wanted to let you know, and it was in the paper today, and I read it between the services, uh, but also uh, Becky had asked me to let you all know, Becky uh, Clark, Kate's, uh, Tim, her husband passed away. Many of you already know that. And the uh, visitation will be at Bliley Central on Augusta Avenue on Tuesday from 2 to 4 and then 6 to 8. And the funeral will be at 3 o'clock on Wednesday at the same location, Bliley Central. Uh, so I just wanted to make that announcement so that you would know. And our, certainly our prayers and sympathy go out to Becky and the family. Uh, Tim fought a, a hard fight against a very difficult disease. And uh, we know that he is at peace and rest now. But uh, it's very difficult to lose someone. We all know that, have been through that. And so we need to pray uh, for uh, the family. So I believe those are the things I needed to let you know uh, this morning before uh, our time of prayer. So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Oh Lord, we're grateful for each activity and opportunity of ministry that we can be a part of. Because they are more than activities. They are blessed by you. At least we seek your blessing on what we do. And so with the many things that are going on this week as we make decisions about our music ministry for the future, as we send the team to Southwest Virginia, as we uh, have World Day of Prayer tomorrow here, for all of the things that are going on for the stewardship team as they seek your wisdom in preparing the budget for the coming year. We lift all of these things to you, Father, and know that you already are at work. We're thankful, Father, for the shoeboxes, for the ministry that they can be around the world. And we pray that for those who are working this afternoon to pack those boxes, that you will bless their work. And that children will be touched and lives might be transformed by knowing that people care. For those, Father, who have lost loved ones, particularly Becky and her family, we're thankful, Father, for Tim for the life that he lived among us, for the lives that he touched. We pray that you will bless his family as they deal with these very difficult days. Bring comfort and assurance as only you can. And we will give them to you, knowing, Father, that you are working in their lives. For the others who are ill in our church family, Father, we give them to you. And ask that you work and bring healing to their bodies. Give them strength to face the days ahead. We're grateful, Father, that you have given us this time together. May we redeem our time, Father, in such a way that it would be pleasing to you. For our missionaries, we pray. We pray, Father, for their safety, for their security, and for their ministries. 
as they minister around the world. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to be a part of their work in places around the world. We're grateful, Father, that as we come to your time, to our time around your word, that we do so, Father, with the full assurance that you can speak to us, transform us, encourage us, challenge us to be your people on mission for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. so confused I know I heard you loud and clear so I followed through somehow I ended up here I don't want to think I may never understand that my broken heart is a part of your plan when I try to pray All I've got is hurt and these four words. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. I know you're
our scripture lesson this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. As we speak on the subject of the stewardship of time. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dispensation, but be filled with with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. A college Latin professor entered a pen shop to buy a fountain pen. He wrote on the pad on the counter, Tempest Fugit. Latin for time flies. The sales girl read what he had written and remarked helpfully, Perhaps you would like to try this one, Mr. Fugit. However we view it, Time moves on. And like a plot of land, there's just so much of it. God has given each one of us a measure of time. How are we using it? What will happen to us when we are called before the judge of all the earth to give an account of our use of the time we were allotted? Paul issues a call to wisdom, which is set over against the folly of a pagan environment in which the Ephesians were working. Using time wisely is the first premise of wisdom. The Christian stewardship of time as God's precious and priceless commodity is the simple teaching here with the call to invest our energies in occupations which are worthwhile. Part of this call springs from the recognition that the days are evil. This may mean days which precede the final crisis of the end of the age are more generally the character of the age in which the church had to contend with evil powers. But Paul was convinced that time was important. In light of Paul's exhortations, let's examine the stewardship of time. First, time, where did we get it? Who gives it to us? The first principle of stewardship is this. God is the owner and we are the stewards. God owns everything. We are his tenants. We are accountable, therefore, to him for the use of his gifts. And this includes the gift of time. God created time and gave it to us. This is a fundamental gift for all other gifts are conditioned upon it. God created the universe and in creating the universe we know that he divided the night from the day. The darkness from the light. And he set out time in motion. And in doing so, he also spent time resting. God gives to all equally in terms of time. Though others may have more talents, we all have the same amount of time. No matter how rich we are, time cannot be bought. 
No matter how poor, we cannot receive less. The president of our nation or the CEO of the largest corporation has no more time than you do. Every person has 60 minutes to the hour, 24 hours to the day, and 7 days per week as we measure time. Jesus was both urgent and careful about the use of God-given time. On one occasion, he said, As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Where do we get time? God gives it. It is his gift. Second, how shall we use our time? The use we make of time is our stewardship of it. In this, we may be faithful or unfaithful. We may use time in the wrong way. We may use it in the right way. On the one hand, we use time in the wrong way. Make the very most of your time, Paul says. But sometimes we fail to do this. Much like the stewards were given the talents for the master and some took their time and multiplied what the master had given them but the one buried his talent and did nothing more with it. For one thing, we can just wish our time away for half a lifetime. We grasp at life yet fritter it away. Time dragged by when we were children, didn't it? It seemed that Christmas would never come. And to me, now it seems it never goes away. And we were wishing for the days. We were wishing away the days until it did. The same held true of our birthdays or until some party, until school was out. We were always wanting to grow up. We were wishing our time away. And how many people who were older than you told you that very thing? Don't wish your time away. But this way of thinking isn't confined to children. Many in their teens are wishing their time away. They fall in love or they think they do. A few years must pass before they can marry. So they wish the time away instead of having the patience to say, let's enjoy what we have now. We'll take on more responsibilities soon enough. Again, we can be careless with time. Henry David Thoreau once said, You cannot kill time without injuring eternity. Victor Hugo said, As short as life is, we can make it shorter still by the careless waste of time. In this regard, three things may take the keenness from the life of the professing Christian. First, carelessness with time. Second, carelessness with prayer. And third, carelessness with money. Often these three sorry sisters live together and make for a dismal household because we are wasting what God has given to us. But still again, we can be tyrannized by time. Americans have more time-saving devices and less time than any other people in the world. We need a better perspective on time. We make a fetish of hectic activity. We admire the person who was always dashing off to keep an appointment. We assume that person must be very successful. We are time-conscious people. When we use time in the wrong way, time passes, and with it our expectations and hopes unfulfilled just as buds fall from the trees without having become fruit. We can be tyrannized by time. To a degree, we are tyrannized by time in here because we are conditioned to get out at a certain time. And when that time passes, 
we get concerned, don't we? Janet taught first grade for many years. She was sick, uh, had an appendectomy and some complications with that, and was out of school for about six weeks. So a substitute, of course, was hired to uh, fill in in the classroom. And so Janet, rather than just show up one day, decided to ease her way back into the classroom so she would come in for a few hours to reacquaint herself with the children. Because six-year-olds, you know, they get used to a certain thing and that's what they want. Well, she came in to the classroom and was sitting in the back and at one o'clock, there was a clock on the wall, and at one o'clock the children closed their books, got up and lined up at the door. Janet, being the teacher type she is, could not abide children doing what they wanted to do without being told. So she asked them, what are you getting up for? Well, it's, the clock says it's one o'clock, which means it's time to go outside. And Janet never missed a beat. She said, I didn't hear that clock say anything. It's merely there to give us a guide as to what time it is. But I tell you when it's time to line up, not the clock. How many of us are bound in that way by time? On the other hand, we may use time in the right way. Dr. Moffat renders our text, Be strictly careful then about the life you lead. Act like sensible men, not like thoughtless. Make the very most of your time, for these are evil days. So obviously what Paul is trying to get across to us here is that if we waste time, we are allowing evil to rule. We have a responsibility to use our time in a redeeming way to lead people to the cross. How can we make the very most use of our time? There are four things we must do. First, we must determine our priorities. We must decide what we shall do first. We cannot do everything, so we must decide what we will give time to and then do it. There's an old proverb, one has to spend money to make money. Likewise, one must spend time to save time. The efficient person who gets the most done in a 24-hour period is the person who has learned to make time work for him or her through careful scheduling, budgeting, and planning. We don't have time to do what we consider most important. We make it. We find the time to do what's most important. Second, we must change pace in our activities. This is necessary if we're going to avoid high blood pressure, heart disease, and a host of other ills. At least once under great pressure, Jesus told his disciples in Mark chapter 6 verse 31, Come yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Even God took the seventh day off, didn't he? And rested. Because it was important to rest. Have you ever wondered how some people manage to get so much done in the average day? so much more than others. How do they do it? They pause. They take time to think, to meditate, and to pray. From these periods of apparent inactivity, they draw rich resources of mind and spirit that gives purpose and direction. I find that when I spend time in prayer, 
spend time in meditation with God and in His Word, it gives me more time to do the things that I need to do. Once accused of wasting time, Leonardo da Vinci replied, When I pause the longest, I make the most telling strokes with my brush. A change of pace is necessary. And third, we must concentrate on the primary things. Life is continually saying to us, now hear this, and we had better listen. Jesus tells us to concentrate on the primary things. We sang about it, didn't we? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This is both a command and a promise. And let us not say that it won't work if we never try it. When Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, One thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before, I press on toward the goal unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He was saying that he was not going to waste time worrying about the foolish mistakes and sins of the past, but concerned with the main thing, he was going to press on toward the goal that was ahead. How many of us waste time regretting the past? You know, the thing about Jesus is he takes us where we are and moves us forward from that place. He has forgiven us. He has shown us the way. And yet we focus and we allow others to focus on the past. Paul said the past is in the past. I'm not going to worry about that. And Paul of all people understood the importance of letting go of the past, didn't he? And fourth, we must dedicate our time to God. With his typically Puritan emphasis, John Milton said that he was to live each minute as ever in my great taskmaster's eye. Paul's statement is better. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31. Wherefore, therefore, eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. We need to offer God everything, not only our abilities, our money, our energies, but also our time. This is what we mean by the stewardship of time. God needs our time. Time matters to people. When we go on a mission trip tomorrow to Nicholsville, one of the most important things that we will do while, we're there, while we are there is spend time with the people that we're ministering to. You go into the nursing home. And there are people there that never have visitors unless people from the outside come in. Their families are either gone or they're being neglected. Whatever the situation, it's not for us to judge. But they are there around the tables and some of the best time you have is sitting there and letting them tell their story because they realize that you have taken your time to be there. You know, time is precious, isn't it? And the older we get, the more we recognize how significant time can be. Time spent with others. When my children were small, I didn't think the time would ever pass. There was always something going on. Always a different phase of life. And then now when I hear that country music song, You're Gonna Miss This, some of you listen to that, uh, it takes on a whole different tone for me. Because now they're grown. The time passed so quickly. When you have small children, people will say, oh, it goes by so quickly. You don't believe it then, but when it's gone, boy, don't you believe it? Time. Then the, one more question. 
What will result if we use our time properly? What will be the fruit of a truly Christian stewardship of time? First, we will multiply ourselves in His service. We will multiply our usefulness both to God and to our fellow humans. The person who is organized, motivated, and dedicated in the use of time can accomplish more than three people who are heedless, careless, and frustrated where time is concerned. We will advance the work of the kingdom. A certain businessman was a tither. He had learned tithing from his father. But the conviction grew upon him that he should do more than tithe his money. So he made the decision to tithe his time as well as his money. He decided to give each Tuesday afternoon of his busy week to soul winning and to the enlistment for Christ of businessmen with whom he had done business from time to time. The first week, he visited three men. He won one of the three to Christ. And the next Sunday, he was the happiest man in the city when he went down the aisle with this man and his family and they made a public profession of faith in Christ. But he didn't stop just with just winning them to Christ. He won them to the conviction about tithing and giving a tenth of one's time to the Lord. And those he won, won others. It multiplies. Last of all, we will bring glory to God. The faithful steward of time is fruitful and a fruitful Christian life brings glory to God. Jesus said to his disciples that night before he died, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, and so shall you be my disciples. <coughs> In the final analysis, it is only by deliberately paying our attention and giving our primary allegiance to eternity that we can prevent time from turning our lives into a pointless foolery. If we do this, all else will fall into place. Time is essential. You know, time is the one thing that we can't protect ourselves against when it comes to life. I mentioned this to the first service. Most of you know I have a, uh, a little dog, a rat terrier named Baby Girl. Baby Girl is 16 and a half years old. I've never had a dog to live so long. She can't see very well and she couldn't hear a dynamite truck from a TNT factory. But she can walk and she still does her thing and is very much engaged and eats and so forth. And I've had that dog, if you can put it in perspective, since 2002. She was six weeks old when I got her. She has been by my side for 16 and a half years. I have taken care of her when she was ill. Taken her to the vet when it was necessary. And she has comforted me by her presence in ways that she doesn't even know. She has reached that point now that from time to time she has trouble getting up and down stairs. So I carry her. It's just what you do. And I've even said out loud to her, I said, you know, baby girl, I have protected you against everything I could protect you against. Rabies, distemper, all of those things that you can protect against. But the one thing I can't protect you against is time. Time moves on. And how we redeem our time is what's important to God. He wants us. To spend our time wisely. Paul reminds us of this when he says redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
This is the stewardship of time. But I would be a poor steward of time if I should close this message and fail to urge upon those who may not know Christ to be saved. Paul urged upon the Corinthians, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul understood the importance of time because in Paul's life he had wasted time doing evil. And he realized the significance of spending the right time in the right way making a difference to people. The other night, and Dwight already mentioned it to you, thanking you for those who came out for the trunk or treat. It seemed like a simple thing. And it was if you decorated like I did. I brought a wooden chair out of the office and put it beside my van and my van was already sitting here I said I told you what I was going to be and that's what I was a fat Baptist minister who really wanted to eat the candy neat story I love Smarties that was the last thing I opened up some little boy came up and saw the Smarties in the back of the van and he said I want those I said I bet you do no I I didn't I didn't say that (laughs) I didn't say that I opened them up and let him have some Sam's my witness. You got one too. Sam's my witness. I did that. But when you talk to the people, not all the people, but some of the people, when they came by, they were thanking us for taking the time. They may not have said it that way, but that's what they meant. We're so glad we have this safe environment to come to where it's lit and we don't have to worry about our children being hit. And we don't have to worry about getting candy that could harm them. It took two hours of time to make a difference to the people that came here. And by spending that time, it made a difference to me. Time is valuable. Don't waste it. Use it for the glory of God. Shall we pray? Gracious Lord, we are grateful for your word. Because in your word, Father, we find wisdom. And we are reminded today Of just how precious time is. You have given us time. In this life. And redeemed us for all eternity. But what we do now. Can make a difference to others. May we father. Redeem our time wisely. Recognizing that these are evil days where people need to hear the good news of salvation. For we make this prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our hymn of invitation is number 416. Let Jesus come into your heart. The only way we can redeem time eternally And even redeem time now is to allow Jesus to live in our hearts. The invitation is open to anyone who would receive Christ. Whatever the Lord has laid on your heart. As we stand and sing hymn number 416.
tide of the Lord of your sin. Let Jesus come into your heart. If you desire a new life to begin, let Jesus come into your heart. Just now your doubtings give o'er. Just now reject him no purity now that you sigh let jesus come into your heart fountains for cleansing are flowing nearby let jesus come into your heart just now your doubtings give o'er just now reject him no Jesus come into your heart. If there's a void word you never can fill, let Jesus come into your heart. Just now your doubtings give o'er. Just now present him no more. Just now Thank you for being a part of this service today and spending your time here. Uh, it's always good to be in the house of the Lord, and I'm grateful we've been here today. I'm going with the group tomorrow, uh, and uh, we'll be back with them on Saturday, hopefully. That's the way it will work. We are taking two vehicles in case something were to happen and somebody would need to return. Uh, but pray for us as we go and minister in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but also on behalf of you because you have contributed a great deal financially to this trip as well as uh, uh, materially through clothes and so forth that we can uh, take down and minister uh, in that part of Virginia. So keep that in mind. This is also Benevolent Sunday, the first Sunday of the month. There will be deacons at the door to receive your benevolence offering. And so uh, I hope that uh, as we contemplate our use of time, that we will use our time wisely. For the sake of the cross. Let's bow for a benediction. Gracious Lord, as we leave today, we do so recognizing that you have given to us time. 
And how we use that time matters. May we use it wisely to redeem the days. Bless us, Father, as we leave, ever mindful that your grace sustains us each and every day. In the name of Jesus, amen.